Hello, everyone. My name is Fabio Perry. This is the 16th episode of B. Perry Founds Podcast. We'll be talking about the different styles of leadership and how they can be implemented in the workplace. I believe that we all have experienced what we considered successful leadership and leadership that didn't fit our liking. Today's guest, we have Francoise Filsame, who has received his Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science with a double minor in Communication Black Studies at UMass Boston. And he has received his master's degree in education. He is now the executive director of Cornerstone Collaborative, where he works to try to eliminate poverty and violence in urban communities. We'll be diving deep into the pros and cons of each leadership style and see what works best for your situation. So I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Good day and thank you, Bobby. Yeah, once again, Francois fills with me. I'm born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, um, to be more specific, Dorchester, Mattapan, and High Park. And later on in my adulthood in Roxbury, um, I'm excited to be here and having you to ask me to be on this podcast has really gotten me a chance to think about leadership and the different roles that I've had um, within my time on this earth. Uh, so I think it really starts out when I was in high school. When I was in high school, we had this uh, program called Jefferson Forum. And through Jefferson Forum, we were able to do volunteer work at the local uh, South End Boys and Girls Club. So I went to Cathedral High School as a student. And as a junior and senior, we would go over to the Boys and Girls Club and help out the students, um, the younger students who had uh, either uh, challenges in math and math and mathematics or in English as well, um, grammar, things of that nature. From that point, when it was time for me to really look at where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do um, as far as um, with college, it really took me a while. And after about uh, two years in college, now I had to figure out what I wanted to uh, major in. So I wound up majoring in political science. And so with political science, you can go all over, obviously with politics, or you can be a history teacher or, or do legislation, uh, be an advocate in some way, shape into a form. So uh, I was really still trying to look at where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do with the political science. Eventually, when I graduated, uh, I knew that I wanted to go back to school. So about a year later, I did do my master's in education, as you mentioned, Bobby. And um, I knew at that point, I wanted to go into teaching. I wanted to go into to be more specific history. So in my journey, I wound up becoming a history teacher. I went back to the high school where I went, which was Cathedral High School. And I taught world history, economics. And then I also taught what they call um, TOEFL and uh, Latin American studies. So those were the uh, four courses that I was teaching while I was there. Uh, moving into that, I knew eventually that obviously I was a student at one time. Then at that moment, I was a teacher, but I wanted to see how I can help teachers and students. And that route would go into becoming a, um, actually an administrator, right? So my path to that was starting with the Dean of Families and Students. Um, then I moved into assistant principal, and then I moved into uh, become a principal 
um, of uh, middle school uh, some years ago. And within that time, I, I moved into, you know, different roles um, in administration and in leadership roles, uh, along with uh, mentoring, too, because one of my big things is mentoring. And I found that uh, working with students on a day to day basis was for me, my mentoring, right, didn't really take too much. It just takes some genuineness, some authenticity, um, showing individuals you really care about them. And even when I taught at Cathedral High School, I coached football, I coached basketball there. And some of the students I would see um, in the mornings, um, going to school, um, same students would be in my homeroom class, same student I'd be teaching during the school day, same students I'd be coaching basketball, football. So it really went a long way in that capacity. And then, you know, to fast forward, as you mentioned too, um, being the executive director of Cornerstone Collaborative in Massachusetts, as we're um, worldwide from Nevada to Florida to Jamaica, which makes us worldwide, right? <laughs> it's out of the state. So uh, doing that work and reducing the amount of uh, poverty in the best way that we can, along with um, bringing down the, the amount of violence, especially teen violence between 13 and 19 years old is critical and pivotal. And so you say, how do you do that? Um, where do you start? Um, what does that mean? What does that look like? So what that means and what that looks like is more so reaching out, um, looking at resources, seeing how there are other individuals that you may know, networking that can help individuals and get them out of their situation and or through the mentoring, having the teens really think about, hey, you know what, all this fighting, all this violence is not necessary. Let me find a different way. And so that's why uh, in my instance in 2010, I started a program called Brunch and Ball. And a brunch and ball program, a mentoring program is looking at that age bracket of 13 and 19, where I bring in speakers to speak to students, uh, along with playing basketball with them too. So the mentors not only are there for the for the teens, but they're also having brunch with them, playing basketball with them too, and building that connection so you can guide them into the next stages of their lives. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. No, you're welcome. Uh, so as we go into our discussion, we're going to be talking about what leadership is and what are some core values. So let's start out with the definition. What sure. is leadership to you? <clears throat> Excuse me. So leadership to me, and just to preface, I'm basing these <laughs> definitions of leadership based on my own experience and what I've seen within my journey and also have received from, from mentors as well. So leadership for me is being able to motivate, uh, move, lead, um, guide individuals in the direction which is mutually uh, agreed upon. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, sometimes it may not be uh, the majority agreeing on the direction you want to go, but if the ultimate goal is for the betterment, uh, for the betterment of the organization, uh, the school, uh, the company, you'll find that individuals that may not be on board in the beginning will find ways that you can meet in the middle and, and, and take it from there. So again, it's about 
motivating, moving, inspiring, leading individuals in a direction which is best uh, for the overall good of the school, organization, and or company. And we can even say that leadership doesn't even have to always be defined of just being in a workplace. Correct. This can be in sports, this can be at home where there's like a hierarchy, anywhere where there's two or more people involved. Usually there's a leader or a follower or a partnership. And we're gonna get into these. Just for some context, yeah. so as we're going through all these different leadership styles, we're gonna be explaining and that's concept of the pros and cons through a SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And yes, all these different leaderships have their pros and cons. And it will be subjective to each person of how you feel comfortable being directed or taking that role as a leader, directing your team. So the first leadership style that we're going to go into is autocratic which simply means that there is usually one leader who is making all the direct action, making sure that everything is going the way that they want it to go. And usually it's just one person saying, this is your job as a marketer. This is your job as a sales team. This is your job as a copywriter, making sure that everything is aligned. So that person is the face can make that final decision of, yes, this is what our next move is going to be. Um, what are some pros that you find with autocratic leaders? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so pros of uh, autocratic leaders uh, is that I would say uh, for them, <laughs> a, a pro would be the fact that they're able to put out what the objective is, right? So some of the things that you mentioned too. So putting out those objectives to say, hey, this is what we want. This is what we need. Um, this is what you have to do. And so when you talk about leading individuals, it's clear for individuals to know exactly what it is asked of them to do uh, when an autocratic leader is sharing what needs to be done. So again, I think that the uh, positive uh, to that is that it's one clear path. There's There's no real debate about it. This is what I need to have done. This is what I need for you to have accomplished. And then from there, producing on those directions. And also working collaboratively, they're more quick thinkers and they work right on the spot. I would say maybe like a CEO. I know for my company, since I am the only person that's running it, I kind of am the autocratic leader, except when I do my podcast where it's like a collaborative work. But I believe when I understand what my mission is and who I am as a person. It is make it clear for any person who works with me. Like when I went to designing my logo, I was very clear on how I wanted to look, what my message that I want to bring across. And through the films that I shoot, I make sure that it makes sense like a story. I make sure that everything has a clear outline. So even the people that aren't familiar with certain terms or different studies of different topics get a clear vision of what we're speaking about. So I believe it is a good method to have sometimes, not all the time, but it works for me. <laughs> right. What are some of the cons that you have experienced with autocratic leaders? Yeah, I think um, the cons of it is some, some 
not all, some autocratic leaders may automatically uh, be so locked in in what their message is and, and what they want to have accomplished and, and not listen or, and or not have any intake, any input or feedback from other individuals. So, which makes it a little tougher, believe it or not, for the autocratic leader because that leader is not really receiving um, additional feedback or, or insight or comments that may be beneficial to what they're trying to have done. Mm-hmm. And also mentioned that they have a little trust in their team sometimes. Sure. It's like people wonder why hire a team if you're not going to use them to the best advantage. Precisely. You see, I would say, like how you had mentioned, they don't really believe that feedback is necessary but that feedback could actually prevent you from making mistakes that could be detrimental for the organization or for the team. It's kind of like when you're dealing with football and you have different moves and different ways to get to the goal and people aren't working collaboratively or not paying attention to each other. It can cause harm to their body, their team, causing them to lose. Like there's a lot of things that go on. It's not just the win or lose situation. It's more of the impact of how it affects everyone top down. Exactly. I agree. The next one, which is the most favored by most, is democratic leaders. Right. Please, can you explain what a democratic leader is? Yeah. um, For me, a democratic leader is someone that is open (laughs) to uh, comments, suggestions, uh, feedback, is receptive to what needs to be um, said and or done, has a systematic process on looking at selective options and or agendas that need to be uh, accomplished or um, taken care of on a regular basis if need be. So there isn't uh, a feeling of just being one-sided in a democratic process. It's a more of an invitation for any and all to participate in what's going on and and the direction of where they would want things to be ultimately. Definitely. And we can also say that there's boundaries for everyone. Mm -hmm. We know that there is that one or two leaders that are running the organization. And then we know that there's different sectors underneath and everybody works in their small groups we call them well not power groups but kind of like your accountability partner Mm -hmm. and they specialize in certain fields whether it's finance one person might be the senior of that department where they check to make sure that the numbers are right because when you're working with numbers sometimes you can put the wrong input and that can be detrimental especially when you're working on a budget you got someone working in the marketing team what are we going to do? Are we going to do billboards? Are we going to do flyers, banners? Are we going to run ads? That's a whole team for that. So many other like admin, that would be the higher, higher ranking, making sure that emails are checked, making sure that you're doing some outreach or some people reach out to you making sure that there's communication on all levels. I believe once everybody understands their role, and everybody feels comfortable with it, it makes the leader feel more empowered. And the workers feel empowered because they feel like they're being heard. 
What are some cons, do you think? <laughs> cons to a democratic leader. Um, the only thing that kind of comes to my mind is the fact that that leader may leave things too wide open in terms of uh, what needs to be um, discussed or what needs to be accomplished and or uh, what needs to really be um, looked at uh, as a democratic leader. If you're opening up these suggestions and topics and ideas to everyone, then it may take a longer process uh, for you to get to that goal that you're trying to you know, really get to. Definitely. It's kind of like you want them to be an autocratic, um, autocratic leader in some type of sense at times, but sometimes not always. It's more of if you rely too much on your team, it makes you a little bit lazy mentally. Not for saying that you're physically lazy and you're not doing your job. It's when you have these tight deadlines or something comes up and you have to make that decision within the next couple of minutes. What are you going to do? You can't go to your team because whoever came in to make a deal with you wants a direct um, answer right then and there. And you may not have all the skills because you've um, delegated so many tasks to other people where you feel like you don't have the education in certain areas like you used to. So there's a way of being assertive and there's a way of being collaborative and also being involved in all aspects. Like you don't have to be full controlling, but you have to be able to say no, yes to certain things. You can't be the yes sir, yes ma'am to everything because things won't go the way that they should or the way that it could possibly go. No, definitely. And again, it, it would potentially uh, slope the process of what you're trying to uh, really uh, accomplish ultimately. Yeah. It's kind of like what the matrix, are you going to choose a red pill or a blue pill? <laughs> Something like that. You can get with this or you can get with that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to have a different outcome and hopefully it's the best. And we're not saying don't make a mistake. Everyone's going to make a mistake. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have made mistakes in your lifetime. I know I have. Oh, no. <laughs> That's I'm just still, accountability. Right. I'm still making mistakes. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't think anybody here is, um, <laughs> nobody here is Jesus. Um, just say I'm not the all-knowing and or omnipotent one at all. So with each day, um, with different individuals I run into, I meet, you know, older or younger, you know, I'm, I'm always able to learn, you know, from, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that I've gone through myself and, and move forward, positive mindset. And as they say, with a um, PMA, was it positive mental attitude, you know? Definitely. And always going with a, like you said, always going with a positive attitude because people can read their emotions. Sometimes we communicate with our face, maybe our arms, body language speaks a lot. And if you don't feel comfortable, no one's going to want to make a deal with you or want to do business with you at all. Like, even if you don't know something, reach out to someone, get that sure. support. The last leadership style that we're going to talk about, even though there's a lot more <laughs> different leadership styles, but I think these three are the most important and the most used. Third one is liaison fair. Please, can you go into that one? Sure. Um, laissez-faire 
which is a uh, French term, which is more so understood uh, for some as, you know, um, let, let them be, let it go, let them roll how they want to roll, let them rock out, however, you know, in this type of leadership style, you, you'll find that um, the leader is more reliant on the employee and trusting of the or the, or the individual to, to do the work. And so it's not really micromanaged, just more so, hey, handle your business, you know? And uh, at one point, I'm sure the leader will come back to see how things have gone, but it's more so, hey, you know what it is, let's go. And I'll, I'll catch back with you in, on, on the back end. Now going into the pros of that, what do you think? Because they do successful business yeah. is mm-hmm. that actually it works out for them. I think people have to be very accountable if you get that kind of freedom. I know what Google, for example, to explain them is that they like people to be creative. They have a park, they have cafeterias, you have your own schedule, but you have deadlines to get things done. And sometimes people can't handle that and they think that's going to be chaotic. So I believe some of the pros would be that you have trust in your employees, but hopefully they have accountability for their own actions. But I believe that you should check up on them every so often. It doesn't have to be every day or be around their shoulder going like this, going like that. And, you know, I don't know how to explain it in a way, but I have seen it being work successfully and I have seen it run unsuccessfully. And I have worked for a company that was kind of like that, where they didn't have like a clear mission. They were just like sell, 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 but they don't give you any type of instruction. And it's like, how do you make a sale if we don't know what we're selling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, too, uh, with, with some of the pros that you stated, uh, I think it's based on the individual, too. Right. It's based on when I say the individual, based on the individual who is working for that company if they don't have that mindset, if they're not focused on what needs to be done on a day-to-day basis and they're just kind of rolling with it and kind of sleeping their lives away. And when I say sleeping their lives away, I mean more so um, they come to work and do the same task uh, without any outcome, right? So they really would have to be a a focused individual person that knows what needs to be done, uh, someone that knows the end goal, right? So I would say that would be uh, my response to how that looks like and what that means. Yeah. What are some um, cons that you believe that it has? I would say some of the cons would reflect the fact that (laughs) I'm giving too much trust and (laughs) and too much reliance on an individual and which then leads into being too trusting of someone. Um, And so if you have to answer to an individual, meaning the employer, right? If you have to uh, respond to individuals that you have to produce products for and you just kind of let your employers kind of, your employees kind of do their own thing and we have deadlines to meet and things of that nature. And those are now not being met just based on that laissez-faire leadership, then (laughs) 
now the whole production line is on hold. The business partners are upset. Uh, we got problems, code nine, code 10, you know, um, purple alert, <laughs> all of that is happening. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, if companies were kind of like Google, Apple, or Microsoft, where you give them some freedom, but making sure that they have deadlines to meet a certain quota, I believe the deadlines keep them accountable. Not saying that they're not working or anything because they are busy people. But if you're trying to reach out to an audience that are like kids, we'll think of preschools where it's kind of like they do have an agenda, but they let the kids be creative. You got them painting, reading books, interacting with each other, going to a park. I think liaison fair actually is successful. But being sure that you're not giving out too much freedom where you're not doing any work, where people take advantage. And like you said, giving too much trust and you want to give a little bit, maybe 50-50 or maybe 60-40, but whatever you feel comfortable with. And I would say to test out any of these methods before saying, I might just stick to this one. Now we're going to go into what are some traits that we look into leadership? There, there are a lot of traits, uh, I would say. That, that go into leadership right off the top of my head. Um, so I don't forget the most important, according to me, right? Everyone has their own ears and what have you. So for me, I think transparency is definitely important in leadership. You have to be transparent with your employees, um, be upfront and honest with them, being trusting with them so that they can feel that they can trust you. Right. If, if you don't have that, you're already starting on the back end. You're, you're, you're starting with a negative zero with your employees, showing that that you're genuine, showing your authenticity, showing that you're a human. How about that? Let's start with that. Let's start showing that, you know, you do care and you are someone that can be sympathetic or empathetic to a certain individual and or employee situations. Um, Can we just break down sympathy and empathy? Because those are two different things. And a lot of people say that they have empathy for somebody. And all I see is, I feel bad for you. Da, da, da. But empathy is more of, you can understand the experience, you know? Right, right. Rather right. than sorry, being passive. Right. So I think that uh, with the actual feeling of the empathetic part is is real, Right. And I can only give an example. If, for example, and we'll, we'll, we'll go into schools, for example, if you have a student um, that takes a while to um, get their homework done because of by the time they get home, you know, they have to go halfway across town just to maneuver the, um, the violence and the issues that, that plague them. Uh, I could be empathetic because I went through it. I lived through it. I can say, hey, you know what? I, I know what that person is going through. And that's kind of what it is. Uh, the sympathetic part of that is more so you're saying, oh, I mean, that's that's kind of bad, you know? <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta go through all these um, you know, war zones or battle zones in order to get to um, your home. Now, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess I have some, some sympathy for you or whatnot, but you're not really feeling, you know, what's happening. Yeah. Right. Definitely. You're not, 
yeah, you're not really making that connection. I would say for a successful leader, being clear with your intentions. I have dealt with some places where they weren't clear on the payroll, like they promised you an end number. But when you actually go through with it, they're like, yeah, you're 100% commission. You didn't say that on a contract. And that's misleading to people. So mm-hmm. when I think of a successful leader, making sure that you pay your employees on time, making sure that they have some type of comfort in their role right before you leave them out to the sharks, making sure that you are your authentic self. And what does that mean? That means just being true to who you are, like you had mentioned, and making sure that you are being generous at times, making sure that you are caring at times, making sure that you delegate your tasks to the individuals and along with coaching them, mentoring them, making sure that they feel some type of comfort with you and building that one-on-one relationship. Sometimes when we go from a small business to a C, to like a corporate manager, we lose that connection and we forget where we come from and money and fame and all your success can go away in a blink of an eye, you know? So never forget where you came from. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And along with what you mentioned as well, um, and what we've been talking about in this uh, topic is the fact that uh, having that open lines of communication too, right? If I'm sending you an email or if I'm talking to you or I'm sending uh, some type of uh, message to you, give me some respect and Reciprocation, right? Reciprocation is very important in terms of, I believe, as a leader, you got to communicate. You got to get back to people too, right? That's important. You got to get back because then people start losing confidence in you. And on the topic of confidence, being a leader, you have to be confident, right? You have to know what you're talking about. You have to back it up. You got to have that data. got to have that information. You have to show that evidence of and so as you move on and try to move people along, that's another thing. And we started this segment by talking about um, certain aspects of leaders, right? Got to be motivational. Got to be, in my opinion, um, inspirational. You have to be that person to lead people to that water and have them drink it, right? You got to have them drink the Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> you know, uh, you got to sip the Kool-Aid in order for you to um, move on uh, accordingly. And if you're on board, that's what it is, um, along with being consistent, consistent and, mm-hmm. and be loyal too, right? Uh, if your patterns are off, if you're not uh, moving in a positive direction, people will pick that up. So being consistent, being there, physically, right, Um, for your employees um, in the building or at the conference um, center or um, at the school or at the company or at the organization, being there, uh, I think goes a long way for individuals to really um, feel who you are, get a sense of who you are. And not only the fact of being there, what are you doing while you're there in order to move the mission uh, the vision along uh, according, uh, accordingly and, and having that degree of accountability, right? Uh, leaders got to have that degree of accountability, not only having that accountability from the employees, but the employees got to hold you accountable for what you said, 
or for what you did or for what you're planning to do. So everyone's on the same page. I think um, that's important. And, and one of the of many other things that we can talk about for days in terms of being a leader is also being able to delegate. Just don't take everything on, on for yourself or on your own. See who's on your team, who you can dish it out. If you're talking basketball, you got five, five, five on the court at the same time, right? <laughs> so you got you got to dish it out. You're the point guard, psh, there it is. Give it to your center, slam dunk, there it is. Oh, what? Center gets the ball again, gets the rebound, outlets to the forward, passes it out to the guard, layup. This is what it is, teamwork and being able to delegate, see the floor, see the floor, see what's happening, and then yeah, move. Vision, definitely. Yeah. Was there an employer that you had that you believe was one of your favorites that had all these skills and attributes? I think it would be great to have someone that encompassed all of these um, traits and attributes. But um, what I can say is um, I, I can count on maybe one hand of, of an employer uh, that or employers that were able to, as you mentioned earlier, uh, mentor me in one shape, form or fashion, along with being my um, employer, right? And, and had that motivating, inspiring, authentic ways about themselves that were able to um, move uh, the employees accordingly and, and build that trust and that communication. Um, there hasn't been too many. Um, there's a lot of um, crouching tiger, hidden dragon um, going on a lot of times, right? A lot of kabuki dragons um, taking place, a lot of shell games happening uh, where people don't feel as if it's necessary to be honest and be natural to the employees, which is important. As you know, um, there's families, there's lives are at stake. Um, there are bottom line numbers that need to be reached. And if you can't do that, then it's really, and I think you mentioned it as well, Bobby, I think it's very misleading when you're not able to communicate these things uh, to those that are working for you. But again, to answer your question, yes, I've had um, a few employers that embodied um, the majority of the traits of being a, a great leader, in, in my opinion. Definitely. I believe my first job that I had, besides this one, um, you know, when I'm stating, it was kind of boring. My first job was working for Star Market, growing up there, and I am a true introvert. Everybody knows that. So Everybody in the family was like, how is he going to do this job? We only give him like a couple of months, see how long he lasts. And believe it or not, dealing with the people actually wanted me to keep them, um, wanted me to stay there longer. You know, people come in happy, sad or angry. And just by you saying it um, to them early in the morning, hello, how are you doing today? Simple thing like that. And some people will start opening up like a little smirk. And it kind of reels you in and you're just like, did you receive, did you complete all your shopping, find everything on your list? Is everything all right? What's your plans for today? Just like short talk because you only talk to them for maybe like a minute or two, but it just felt like a community. And also with my coworkers, building a relationship with them on a coworker level, not a personal level. Everyone's supporting each other. If you don't know something, someone's willing to help. 
or if you need an override or something, a supervisor might come over and help you get the machine working. And like I said, those little interactions made me feel special in some type of way that someone actually took the day to acknowledge me and I acknowledged them. And like I said, it got me outside of my comfort zone. And the only way that you can succeed in a business is communication. You're not going to get anything done if you stay quiet. Sometimes you have to be assertive, not aggressive, but assertive in a calm manner, being polite, mellow tone, because delivery is everything. If you come out someone aggressive, like, you better talk to me, they're not going to come back or you might get fired. So <laughs> delivery, it's very important. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. What are some negative traits that you see in some companies? Well, funny that you may ask. Uh, <laughs> so again, too, just within my whole um, journey uh, of working, you know, um, I actually started working when I was 14 years old. You know, my first job was, I'm not sure if they had it while you were in your teenage years too, Bobby, but um, we had like the street workers, you know, where that, uh, basically that's what it was, um, uh, working for the city of Boston and you would uh, clean up um, old buildings and parking lots and raking and, and um, putting all the leaves in the bags and the trash in the paper bags and what have you. So I, I started out doing that and, uh, and moving into uh, one summer, uh, my cousin, went away and asked me if I'd be able to work for him at this company down Copley where they would deliver shoes, right? They would fix shoes and um, I would then take the shoes and bring them to uh, the different companies that um, had wanted to get their shoes fixed. With all that being said, uh, I'm just saying, I'm just taking it all the way back when I was 14, all the way to, to now. And uh, what I found is that um, some leaders uh, in terms on the challenging end uh, would have challenges communicating, right? So poor communication, I would find sometimes lack of strategic thinking. Um, people may have like a big picture idea, right? To get something done, but the, the minute, the details have not been flushed out. Um, haven't really been thought out. Uh, the other pieces I've found is to be the lack of like leadership um, development and um, more so of finding ways, right, for your employees to build their own uh, leadership styles. What are you doing to help um, this person move from this position to another position within your own company? Yeah, right? I love it. Yeah. yeah. Elevate them a little bit there, right? Give them some incentives. Say, hey, Bobby, I just saw this course. Actually pay for it if you want to do it, um, which would you know, move you in a different position, you know, from assistant manager. You can be director. Forget manager. I want you to be better than me. So how about this? How about I want to move you into that director position? You know, I own the company, but we can put you in that director position. And so perhaps and or potentially when I decide to leave, all right, I take you under my wing and you may be the CEO, you know, um, if, if you're open to that, if you're up to that. Um, the other thing too, with some leaders, believe it or not, they don't know how to handle conflict resolution, 
right? Mm-hmm. And they don't know how. I was to, say that. Yeah, they don't know how to deal with. <laughs> we'll just say some employees that may be a little um, animated at times, or may not agree what's being happening or what's been happening um, at the workplace, and so now they shut down. Right, whatever shut down means, don't come to work. Uh, keep the door shut. Uh, don't walk by the person's door wherever they work. You know, go the other direction when you see them coming. All these different things. Some people do not have ways to to deal with other people. They don't have the skills to do as such. And then I think one of the last things I'm thinking is having that influence from the top, using your influence from the top to have that trickle down to um, the individuals that you're working for. And if you don't have those ways about you, then it, it makes for a bad situation. Definitely. I would say the first thing that comes to me is persona. A lot mm-hmm. of companies don't understand the term or implement it. And anyone who has signed up for my webinar or has been following my podcast, I talk about personas a lot. It basically is who are you as an individual and who are you reaching out to your specific audience, understanding who, what, where, when, and how everything's going to work. You can't say I'm going to sell to everybody because not everyone's going to be interested in your product. If you're trying to sell a toy, you're probably going after kids, maybe babies about eight years old, video games going into maybe eight, so like 16 or older. I know what my podcast, I make each episode customized to different niches, depending on who the guest is. So some people who are looking at this video right now are focused on how can I implement leadership or improve my leadership qualities that can keep my employees staying with me longer. Or there might be a video on mental health of it's COVID. I've been trapped in my house, trapped with my family. I'm getting anxiety. I lost my job or some type of circumstance that may occur and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like the whole world's crashing down, like the whole world was at a panic. So making sure that I have videos that reach out to each different group that I'm dealing with and making sure that I'm accountable for my actions, making sure that I'm consistent with my uploading. It's things that I try to treat everyone with the respect that I would want from any other business that I would work with. If I can't do it for other people, why would I want this in return? I think everybody should get the 50-50 respect. I have that one employers I don't like to pay. They pay when you want to and things can go into shambles. And then they try to blackmail you for any type of thing. I don't like that. And when the leader degrades the people that are underneath because of their hierarchy. What gives you the right to feel like you're that, that you have that much power to bring someone down to a point where something may happen at their own home? And like I had mentioned in my most recent video, suicidal is a real thing. Poverty is a real thing. Losing hope and depression is a real thing. So you as the person who has influence needs to do some soul searching, go for a walk, take a vacation, Take some time for yourself and figure out what are your wants and needs and expectations and make that clear to your demographic, geographic group, 
and also to your workers, your coworkers, your team, your partners, and making sure that everybody has an equal understanding of what's to go on. I'm hoping that I'm articulating my words in a way that everyone can understand, but these are factors that may have people leave their job. People, you don't want people to leave. You don't want people to get fired. You want them to stay with you long-term. Like I worked at Star Market for 10 and a half years. And like I said, I started out as an introvert, still am, but I'm learning how to get outside of my comfort zone. These videos are a lot to me, hitting that record button, uploading every day. And it means a lot that people consistently watch my videos and makes me hungry to produce higher quality work as I go further on in my career. So yeah, those are some positive and negative attributes that I think successful leaders and non-successful leaders can work on or implement in their normal routine. But you don't have to start everything all at once. You don't have to exhaust yourself trying to do one skill. Just do some research. Like I said, do some soul searching, do some meditation if you need to, and just come back. Say, today's not a good day. I need some time for myself. Come back to me tomorrow or in a couple of hours, whatever fits your liking, and just reset, you know, because burnout is a real thing too. No, it is. And I think you you hit some points, um, especially where even from the beginning, of our episode where we talk about you know transparency and where you see traits of non-successful leader right so if you're if you're not transparent if you're not sharing if you're not being open if you're not communicative um, when you're not sharing the information when you're not open um, when you're not transparent and and these are affecting a whole lot of individuals that may be a problem. And especially if you don't know, as you mentioned, people that may be suffering through depression, you know, some that may have um, suicidal thoughts, right? That you don't know of. And then before you know it, um, based on this pressure, right? At work and, and not knowing where the leader is going with you in terms of employment or direction or whatever, that your level of anxiety just goes up and up and up. And ultimately, then what do you face with ultimate death, perhaps that we don't wish on anyone where that you say, hey, I didn't know Bill, you know, was suffering through depression and, and with this work challenge that he's having, you know, based on the leader or what have you, this would cause it or, you know, you don't want it to be in that direction, right? So what I've been finding in some companies you know, they, they do like self-care day, um, giving employees, you know, certain days during the week where you don't come in for that day. So it's self-care. Or there'll be another day where it's half a day and then you're able to self-care that way as well. So looking at all these different dynamics go a long way, especially now we're talking about pandemic and not too sure are we getting out of it uh, we get back into it it's still happening all these different things play a part in people's mental right everyone's mental capacity is not the same so you can't just put a blanket statement and just say hey just rough it you know you'll be all right you know um no sometimes you can't just rough it you know you, you need someone with compassion right you need somebody 
with some empathy. Somebody, as we said in the beginning, is human. That's going to let you know, hey, here's the deal. Here's the plan. This is what we need to do. And so one word I don't think we use thus far is a leader that needs to execute, execute what they are saying, what they're doing, execute what's on paper, execute what has been agreed upon mutually by the employees, right? So you see an end product. So these can be measurable goals along the way throughout the whole year, right? Quarterly, where are we with this? Are we at 25%? Are we at 50%? Are we at 65%? Is our goal 75% this year? And see if we can get there. And so we can max out at 100 the next. Mm -hmm. these, are all, these are all things that we want to think about when you're dealing with humans, not robots, not machines, right? Not I think we should have people who watch this video create a list of, you don't have to write it in the comments, you guys, <laughs> but um, write some on a sheet of paper, I believe in pen and paper, because it requires a lot more effort. And I want you guys to write down a list of positive experiences that you have had with the workplace, negative, and what you want from your dream job, and then also write some qualities about yourself that you wish that you could improve and make better and try to implement each different skill, apply, apply each skill or do research on each skill maybe for a week and see how you can apply it in real life and see if that improves your ability to accelerate in the workforce or mm -hmm. in sports or whatever your circumstance is and figure out what didn't work so you can cross it off the list. Try to be your authentic self, stop being like other people. I know everybody on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok wants to do the same exact thing. Maybe you should start your own trend, find your own voice. It doesn't matter if no one likes what you're doing or if people love it, all, all that, all you need to focus on is just yourself. If playing basketball is your thing, go for it. If you try playing football and it didn't work out for you, go on to something else or keep trying. And that's all work is. And building skills and having a talent requires work. No one's just naturally gifted with all these skills. People rehearse, rehearse, rehearse and spend long time hours perfecting their craft. Like I had mentioned to you, being in front of the camera is a lot for me, but I've been consistent every single week I think I have 23 videos out and I've been being consistent. I have been improving. My comfort level is rising up. And like I said, just being transparent, being accountable, taking action, just keep improving. No, no, agreed. You know, and um, while we're looking at all these different traits, you know, and being, you know, resilient, right? Continuing to, to stay at it and being able to be really upfront with what your intentions are, right? Not to be misleading, right? Um, a lot of times people become um, individuals that are not producing and putting out the right information or all of the information, right? Be truthful. Be truthful. Give all the information, not some of it, not a bit of it not a piece of it, all right? So people can make informed decisions 
And that's how we move. That's how we should move. That's how things should be. And not just fragmented. Let's turn these skills into habits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And they say, what is it? After 21 days, it becomes a habit. Yeah, but it's by James Clare. Read it. I'll put yeah. the link in the description. Yeah. Yeah. After 21 days, you're talking about, hey, I want to lose weight. Okay. All right. Let's hit the gym. You're That's why team. I tell people, don't just say it out loud. Write it down. Because right. it requires a lot of effort to get that pen and paper to actually mm-hmm. write down your goals and expectations. Exactly. And if you need a video for inspiration, I have a podcast episode on vision and storyboards mm-hmm. where I talk about some of my goals and expectations for the year and how I'm trying to grow in some type of way. Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't. <laughs> new okay. buildings coming up every day, new developments, new characters of people. We're all evolving. No, definitely. And as they say, build it and it will come. Build it and it will come. So in the description, this is a call to action, you guys. Write about what type of leader that you are or what type of leadership that you have experienced in your workplace. And tell us how it impacted you in some type of way. I want you guys to start writing in the comments to just vent out some ideas and I'll reply to some of them. And also people who have comment will also reply to your um, comments as well. We're trying to build a community here and it's great to get other people's inputs and not just me and the guests, you know? We want to see how you guys are failing, how you guys are doing. Like I said, just keep the communication going, be as transparent as you can, whether you're an autocratic leader, a democratic leader, or a liaison fair or any other leader that we haven't mentioned in this. There are some negative qualities that we have about ourselves. We have some positive qualities that we have about ourselves. But until we ask people for help, we're never going to improve. If we don't listen to the criticism or the negative feedback, we're not going to improve. Not everyone's going to like every video. Not everyone's going to like every blog, every sentence you say, who you are as a person. People prejudge people all the time. And it's not right. We do it all the time, but we do it. But when can we give the people respect enough of saying, hi, my name is such and such. It's nice to meet you. I work for this firm. I do this sport or activity. Would you like to participate in it with me? Just start a conversation. And I think a lot of us are timid by it or we feel that we are so high and mighty that we forget who these people are, the human like us. Agreed. Let's make, let's make some movements. Let's make some advancements. Um, kind of take a look um, within yourselves and see, right? And it starts by with, with one, right? It starts with one quality. And then you build from there and see not only you looking at it, but not for nothing. Maybe start off with five people that you know. What qualities do you see within myself? You know, what, what's some positive traits can you say? And then build from there. And if there's some challenging traits too, hey, we want that too. Uh, we we want to balance it out. You know, like we said earlier, not everyone's perfect. So let's let's try to see um, how we can you know build ourselves, build our brand, right? Build our brand, and move accordingly, because there's only one you. And so, one thing we do know uh, with you is that 
there's a start date and there's an end date of you. So in between that start and end, what are you doing? What are you doing and what are you going to be remembered as in your leadership ways? This was great. I hope everyone who's watching this watched it to the end and hopefully they will implement any of these strategies. And it was great having you as a guest. Listen, it was, it was <laughs> listen, it was great being here, you know, and one thing uh, I'll leave everyone with too is this in terms of leadership, right? Um, to become a person of success, seek to become a person of value. And until you become valuable, you can never become successful. So the more valuable you become, the more successful you will become. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> listen out, you guys. <laughs> so listen, right. thank, thanks again for having me. And uh, I look forward to jumping on board anytime um, you need for me to slide on in um, for any sessions or um, questions, comments, some of the viewers may have had um, that they might have um, asked now or and or later. So I'm available. We're here on the worldwide uh, web. Let's do it. Let's go. Please, can you give us your social media platforms that people can follow you on? Sure, sure. In terms of social media um, platform, um, you can reach me at uh, Frank Rose. So at uh, Frank Rose, um, 1911 on IG. You can reach me again at Frank Rose, 1911 on IG, if need be. And so, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Clubhouse at B Perry Films. And I also have a fan page on Facebook that you can follow me on at B Perry Films, where you'll be updated on upcoming events or podcast episodes and keeping you informed yeah so there's various ways to reach us and remember this to everyone um with someone that told me a while ago time will either promote you or expose you so in your leadership style time will either promote you or expose you so look at your leadership style stick to it because if you don't and it starts crumbling people will call you out on it all right. So it's all about follow up and follow through and consistency. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.